welcome to the Davis Vanguard podcast. This is our second podcast with leaders from ASUCD, and I'm your host, David Greenwald. I'm going to have the guests introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Francois Capelin. I'm the president's chief of staff. Hi, I'm Adam Hadafi. I'm the external affairs vice president for ASUCD. Hello, I'm Justin Hurst, and I'm the president for ASUCD. Hi, everyone. My name is Shreya Deshpande. They, them, theirs are my pronouns, and I'm the ASCCD Internal Vice President. Welcome, everybody. Um, so let's start by kind of talking about your plans for the upcoming year of 2020. Well, I think the biggest thing that we're going to be focusing on that we've actually been working on throughout even the summer um, is a fee referendum that we're hoping to pass with the student body um, for our ASUCD base fee for the upcoming year. Yes, so the ASUCD base fee has been stagnant for years and years and years. It's been the same $8 amount for, what, 30 years, 40 years, more than that, um, not adjusted for inflation or CPI. And so as our expenses have grown, as minimum wage has gone, gone up, and as inflation has raised the costs on everything, our income has remained the same, which is kind of a problem. So to resolve this, we're going to be proposing a basic needs and services referendum um, that will enhance our ASUCD services, um, reduce loss to student jobs, um, so we can continue to remain um, the biggest undergraduate student employer on campus, as well as benefit some of our units that are doing phenomenal work um, with mental health advocacy, with um, food insecurity, housing insecurity. So we want to be able to continue to support our units. This is also necessary in order to save uh, thousands of student jobs in the in the course of the next ten years. If the uh, if ASUCD um, uh, does not is not able to meet its financial burden and does not uh, is not able to continue to function as it is now, um, we will lose thousands and thousands of student jobs uh, as they will be absorbed by the university. Um, and I don't think anybody wants that. Kind of building off of um, staving off um, huge deficit costs in the future. Um, ASUCD has a couple of important values that we've striven to keep throughout the years that we hope that this fee referendum helps us maintain. Um, and those values are uh, student opportunity for employment. So emphasizing student jobs rather than having career staff, even though they may be more fiscally efficient, um, as well as you know paying decent wages for decent work. Um, and providing basic services at an affordable cost to students, um, particularly for a coffee house, which consistently beats out other places on campus to eat in terms of price affordability, and um, keeping up with things like minimum wage going into the future. That'll be a big cost. And in terms of how much it will take us to get there, I mean, all, all we would really need is 15 cents per day. That's right, 15 cents a day, just to make sure that we have a pantry to make sure that students have food on the table at night. 15 cents to make sure that we have a mental health initiative to make sure that mental health is an issue that we do talk about on campus and we can actually cater to folks with with mental health needs. It's also in order to make sure that we don't have a, a situation like we do now, uh, we're uh, attaching a 10-year plan, 10-year business plan to our fee referendum, which will be public to the students when the fee referendum is, uh, is, is put out. Um, and it will outline how we plan to proceed for the next 10 years and how uh, we are putting in safeguards to make sure that ASUCD does not end up in a financial situation like this again. And just um, to continue to build off of that, um, this executive team has done um, a lot of planning, a lot of working with our units to make sure that they're prioritized, that we strive to 
uphold not just our executive office values, our Senate values, but each of the values of all of our units. Um, and just speaking on the, the base fee a little bit, UC Davis, um, our ASUCD is the only UC um, that currently has financial autonomy and can give a budget to all of our to all of our units. And we want to be able to continue to do that, to continue to have students leading students. Um, and so this base fee referendum um, is going to be crucial to continue just excelling in the services and operations that we provide every single day. There are two other components to this base fee that we haven't talked about um, that we're adding in this referendum. Um, one is we've mentioned that um, our historical fee has not been adjusted for CPI and inflation. Um, we are adding that component. So going forward, even though that this fee will scale up over a 10-year period, um, after that 10-year period, it'll only be CPI adjusted. So that way, every few years, we don't have to try to pass another fee referendum. Um, after that, um, the other component that we're adding is UC Davis was actually the first campus of the UCs to implement this, and it was rolled out UC-wide, but um, all new fees have a 25% return to aid component. So this increase in cost will not be um, a burden to students that can't afford it. And in fact, it'll be contributing millions of dollars over 10 years into financial aid for students. I think it would be helpful maybe if somebody could explain exactly what it is that ASUCD does and and what this money kind of goes for kind of lay it out because i think a lot of us even former students don't really understand that yeah absolutely um so asucd is not just student government um we have uh, 20 units we have um, over 15 committees that are dedicated to um, housing insecurity with our house unit, um, food insecurity with our pantry. We provide concerts through our entertainment council, the coffee house that keeps everybody caffeinated and fed um, at the lowest price on campus. We drive people to school um, through our Unitrans. Um, we advocate for sexual assault advocacy and awareness. Um, there's such a large myriad of things that we do that students engage in um, every single day that ASUCD continues to provide. Um, and so each of these units and committees have, have a budget that is funded through this base fee. And so it's absolutely necessary um, to be able to increase their budget and be able to increase the operations that they can do um, every single year um, for the next 10 years and many, many years to come after that. The other thing is uh, the biggest, uh, to me personally, the biggest thing that ASUCD does is provide students with the um, the uh, say in what they want to see on campus, right? We decide what services to provide. We decide what kind of um, uh, businesses to have on campus. We decide how we choose to operate, right? In the last few years, that component has been lost because of extreme financial problems. There haven't been new units the way there used to be. There haven't been there hasn't been growth of ASUCD the way it used to be because we've hit this financial um, roadblock. Without that, um, the the way ASUCD used to operate was uh, the student government component is more of a administrative has more of an administrative function. It the role of the student government component is for for it to be a place where student can come and say, hey, we have this with this pile of money, right? Let's choose how we spend it, and let's choose what we have on campus. Um, and that component hasn't been present just because there is no pool of money. Um, the choice to have a bus system, right, when when Bob Black was president, 
uh, half a century ago, um, and I can't believe it's half a century now, but when Bob Black was president, that, that was a choice that he was able to make because the financial resources were there. Uh, in today's money, the base fee at the time, um, if you adjust it for inflation and see what it is in today's money, is over $100 a student per student, right? If, if you adjust that base fee for today. And that's why they were able to do so much. Uh, and bringing a, taking ACCD back to being able to give students the platform to make choices on what they want to see on campus and in Davis is, uh, for me, the biggest, the biggest component of solving this, this financial problem. And kind of adding on to the history of ASUCD, um, I think it's important to put it into context why ASUCD is an important leader on campus with regards to basic needs and services, as well as providing opportunities for students. Um, we were the first um, among campus to emphasize basic needs like the pantry um, and mental health with the university following behind. And historically, we've run a lot more than we currently do. Uh, for example, we used to run the bookstore, and at the time, we emphasized affordability for students. Now, if you go to the bookstore, you'll notice everything is really commercial, and textbooks are super expensive. So being able to maintain what we have, keep it affordable, as well as provide new student opportunities and services, that's something that's really important. Something else that ASCCD does that has been uh, more, that has been doing more that in the last couple of years, actually, is... Um, advocate on behalf of students, and this is why uh, uh, my office exists today, because it didn't two years ago. And as ASCCD became more and more active in the political scene, both in the city of Davis and on a state level, uh, this office was created. And what it does is it's a voice for students to bodies that students don't usually have a voice in. Uh, the UC system, the state of California, and even the city here, um, advocating for housing, advocating for uh, so college affordability, um, all of that would, without ASUCD, without a, bo a, a, a body to speak on behalf of all students uh, united, who's going to advocate on behalf of students? Who's going to be there to say, this is, this is what the student body needs and this is what the student body wants? ASUCD functions as a unified voice for the, stu for students of, uh, for the undergraduate students of UC Davis. Uh, and that voice and... It, the existence of ASCCD to be that voice is critical in uh, the students being represented on 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 the on the on the political in the political level. So, what is the current budget, and what would this fee increase take the budget to in the future? So, we are a sixty million dollar op uh, operating budget association. That's a non five hundred one c three nonprofit. Uh, which means we don't have a, you know, a secret cabal of stakeholders. The fee referendum in this case would actually help pay for our minimum wage uh, increases. So what's happening is that California is experiencing a rapid increase, a fairly rapid increase in the minimum wage to $15 an hour, which I think should happen, but it's also uh, made our financial situation worse. And so that's what this fee referendum will, in the first year, pay for. In subsequent years, uh, what it'll help do is open up new new business opportunities. For example, we can open up new businesses and new ways and find new ways to help students. So the thing is, while the operating budget is over $15 million, uh, the expenses of uh, ASUCD is more than our revenue. Uh, so we're running a deficit, right? Our operating budget is more than $15 million, but most of it is uh, expenditures that is uh, that are that are not... Um, uh, 
compensating for themselves, or if they are, they're not doing so enough. Uh, as as Francois mentioned, uh, about seven million dollars is spent in uh, in Unitrans, and Unitrans is a self uh, sustaining uh, operation. Uh, more than five million dollars goes to the coffee house, uh, and the rest. Uh, the rest is where, uh, like, you know, the, there are other commercial units like the bike barn um, that are smaller but still operate uh, more or less uh, indep- independently and on their own uh, and try to make enough revenue to sustain their own operations. Um, the rest of ASUCD, um, the parts that are not commercial are the parts that uh, provide services for students or uh, spaces for students to advocate for things uh, or uh, social events, concerts, um, uh, entertainment uh, opportunities, uh, all that kind of stuff. So the operating budget, while it might seem large, it's our expenses are are outweighing our deficit, our our revenue. Earlier, David, you asked about um, increasing um, our budget, and um, I think it's also important to note that there are also two options on our current plan for the fee referendum. Um, one amount that would just be the bare minimum of what we need to maintain as well as adjust for minimum wage, and then the other being more of a recovery option where instead of um, having an 11th year with an increase, um, we move that 11th year to this year so that way we can recover more quickly and get going with the 10-year plan sooner. Um, Functionally, the two options are the same in terms of over a 10-year period, the same number of dollar amount increase, but it's just a different way of scaling it. Um, and the number that we were working with for the bare minimum, um, we're expecting a million dollar increase in the first year in our net revenue. Um, but it's important to know that the return to aid component will be implemented for that. So not all of that money goes straight to the ASUSD operating budget. A lot of it will be going directly back into student pockets. Over a 10-year period, that fee, um, not accounting for CPI, which obviously we can't predict, um, will be about $6.5 million dollars. Um, with a return to aid component that'll be somewhere in the $3 million range. So one of the super unique things about UC Davis is is that we actually created this thing called the return to aid system. What return to aid means is it's a a portion of money that's taken from a fee. It's actually about 25% as mandated by the UC Office of the President that goes back into student financial aid. So what that means is that uh, if you are a student who gets a free ride to the university, which is about 40% of the UC population, um, you essentially don't have to pay the fee because the return to aid paid by other students pays for your portion of the fee. Uh, and so actually we created that in 2005 or four, and then the UC, uh, UC regents actually made it into a regents policy in 2006. So that's why we have this return to aid system. So essentially, this basic needs and services referendum addresses um, multiple facets of student life and how our executive team and our Senate um, really cares for the services that us as students can provide to our fellow students um, and be able to incorporate a return to aid component, be able to um fund our mental health initiative that hosts an annual mental health conference every year, being able to talk about um, stocking our pantry year round, um, helping students find housing, um, being able to strengthen all of these resources is really what the biggest outcome is going to come from um, this basic needs and services referendum. And 
we really, really encourage um, everybody that's listening to this, if you're a student at Davis, to um, involve yourself in um, everything that ASCCD does and continues to do for you and be on the lookout for for the referendum. Um, and it'll be a very exciting um, future to look forward to. And we're very excited to have the next 10 years sort of mapped out as well. Okay. Uh, so I, I kind of want to move on to our next topic. Um, I know you guys wanted to talk about the current elections, uh, so we can go there. Sure. Um, so our current elections, um, we just concluded our fall 2019 general elections, um, and we are now uh, with six new senators seated on the table. Um, so it's very exciting to have that turnaround and see what the new table will bring to, um, to student government. Um, and along with that, um, there were four constitutional amendments um, that were put up. Uh, and just briefly describing um, each of them, the first one was to initiate an impeachment and removal process. Um, and this is just to increase the, I guess, just democratic nature of um, students electing their elected officials and having a smoother, easier process um, if they don't have faith in their elected leaders anymore. Um, this was something that wasn't fortified before. Um, and so um, introducing that constitutional amendment um, was uh, important just to increase the democratic process. Um, the second one was to reform our judicial council, um, just our judicial branch, um, to include a oversight council that's underneath the um, judicial council so that all disputes can be resolved um, through the oversight council and the judicial council will now be able to act as an appellate um, body um, that adjudicates sort of final decisions. Um, and then the third one was to move our winter elections um, to spring. So traditionally, um, the there were two election cycles. One was in the fall and one was in the winter. Um, having recently been elected from a winter cycle, um, but I, I think Justin and I can both attest to just how difficult it is to campaign during the winter um, and then coming in as a fresh executive team, having to learn um, all of the values that we were talking about earlier of all of our units and our committees, what this association really needs and craft a budget for them within, was it three weeks? <laughs> and then having to hire a controller again within our office to help the president manage um, the finances and create a fiscal plan um, for the year. It's very, very hectic. Um, and it's very difficult for a new executive team. And so moving the elections to spring would be able to um, allow for an opportunity for sunshiny, um, breezy campaigning, I suppose, and um, also be able to have an experienced executive team that um, will be able to, that has already gained the trust and worked with the units to be able to have um, a solid budget process. Um, and then the final one was to add in a student workers' rights commission with the recent issues of um, payroll that students have faced um, through UC Path. Um, student, undergraduate student employees um, don't have the, the right to sort of organize um, themselves and sort of represent themselves. And so the student workers' rights commission sort of acts as a body that represents um, undergraduate student workers. And since they're a commission, they'll have a place on the Senate table to be able to bring these concerns forward, directly work with um, the student workers, um, and talk about how their payroll issues or their minimum wage or um, reimbursements, all of these things are um, necessary to 
be understood by um, a representative body and bring that to the Senate table and take that further to administration. Um, so this commission would act as a liaison between undergraduate student workers and make sure they're prioritized and the UC Davis administration. And I think as a outsider who's kind of watched at a distance over the years uh, at these elections, I've always been kind of confused about the timing and it always seems like there's always an election going on. Uh, it feels like it's a, a perpetual cycle. Um, and, and maybe some clarity as to uh, what elections are when and, and for what terms and when the terms start. Uh, so there is one thing. Um, every other UC does their election. I mean, I've spoken to, because um, I meet with uh, other external vice presidents from other UCs once a month, and every time they express bafflement at our election calendar, same as you just did, because every other UC elects their executive in spring. We're the only ones who have so far elected our executive in the in winter. Um, so the, 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 the I'm going to pass this on to talk about uh, who gets elected when and uh, how exactly the timeline works. But moving the executive elections to, to, to spring would put us on par with what everybody else is doing. And there's a reason everybody else is doing it the way they are. And so once upon a time, we actually used to be on the spring election system. We used to have our elections in May. We were just like all the other UCs, but I think what happened was, I believe it was the 80s, when there was a constitutional amendment to to basically shift the spring elections all the way back to winter quarter. And the reasoning behind that was like, oh, you know, it's gonna be, you know, it's the same reasoning that, you know, a lot of people would suspect, which is like, oh, you know, it's going to be easier for the executive team to get used to it. Yeah, no. Uh, 40 years later, uh, I guess here we are. Uh, so so we've, ha we've been there before. The question is, do we want to go back? And I think the answer should be yes, depending on how the special election goes. Really quickly, I'll touch on another point there with the shifting of the elections before touching on the special election um, that we're labeling as a referenda vote um, that Francois mentioned. Um, I've noticed in this role that being elected in the winter, um, as opposed to every other University of California Association president, um, has created some friction. Um, it's hard to create a dynamic with a group of people when you're coming in and they're all leaving. Um, and then come to this quarter, um, all the other UC undergraduate student presidents were elected, and I was the only one that was old, so I felt, felt a little bit disconnected from the everyone. Um, that's also not to mention the issue that I think you touched on, voter fatigue. Um, having an election one quarter right after the other is uh, kind of a lot, especially for students that are already inclined to be disinterested and their student government. Um, so this would hopefully create enough of a break to keep students involved and interested. Um, Lastly, uh, on the issue of the special vote that's happening right now, um, there were some issues in the previous election with the referenda in particular um, and concerns with compromised voter anonymity. So this executive team was hoping that um, by running another one that we could um, alleviate those concerns and you know ensure that the democratic process is protected. So now I'll ask the tough question, um, which is I've noticed that uh, these amendments are, are not uncontroversial. Um, so what, where's the controversy coming from? Why, why is it controversial? Uh, I think the, the controversy comes from mostly the fact that they're being, uh, the, there is a second time that they're being voted on and they failed the first time they were voted on. Uh, 
as Justin mentioned, the first time we had this these these amendments on the ballot was uh, a few weeks ago when we had the uh, fall. Uh, regular fall elections where we elected uh, our new senators uh, and these initiatives were on the ballot at the time and they failed. Now, while the initiatives themselves uh, were not voted on, uh, voted through by the voters, the process was the, the the process was still broken, right? The the, the 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 they didn't go on the ballot in the morning, and then there was a whole issue with uh, people emailing, uh, like people having to email in votes, which compromised voter anonymity. And there's a clause um, in the constitution that says uh, voting um, may only be done through the um, the designated voting website. Um, and so the decision was made to put these back on the ballot and do a special election, that decision is what's been controversial. It's not, I wouldn't say, I mean, the amendments themselves are have, 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 have their own yes and no, people have their own yes and no views, but the process itself is what the controversy is, seems to be really about. And I'll pass it to Justin. Yeah, I think it's also important to note that um, these constitutional amendments had to go through our Senate body. Um, and that happened twice for the ones that are being put up for this special vote. Um, and each time they received unanimous approval from a body that consists of two opposing, essentially, parties that we call slates, um, after spirited discussion, of course. Um, but that being said, there's always going to be those party politics dynamics and accusations that are made in the hopes of uh, political advancement, but I won't, I won't get too into that. I see. Um, so, okay, I think... Uh think that's pretty much all that we wanted to cover was there anything else yeah um i'll just mention very briefly that one of the last things that we're hoping on working on for this upcoming year is um when shrey and i ran in the previous winter um, we ran on a number of platforms and i think this next quarter in particular is going to be an opportunity for us to really get working on those and hopefully accomplish them all yeah just um before we sign off, I suppose just wanted to wish everybody good luck on finals. Um, and if you ever need Scantrons um, or Blue Books, um, the executive office provides those. And um, feel free to um, email any one of us. Um, my email is vicepresident at asucd.ucdavis.edu. Um, and we wish you all a great uh, week 10. And I think I'll let everybody else sort of sign off. Yeah. Um, happy holidays, everyone. Hope you enjoy the break and it's restful. Um, I know I really need it. Um, my email is president at asucd.ucdavis.edu and I'm also more than happy to meet with anyone. Happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. Drink a lot, eat a lot, uh, and rest a lot. Uh, my email is eavp at asucd.ucdavis.edu. Get in touch if there's any issues with political aspect of ASUCD, the outside political aspect that you want to talk about. Yeah, um, as we go into finals week, I know this is uh, week 10 when we were recording this, but as we're heading to finals week, uh, make sure you study, you sleep, eat breakfast, all that good stuff, and, you know, and hopefully you get good grades this quarter. Well, this has been the Davis Vanguard podcast, our December podcast with ASUCD. I'm David Greenwald, and I'll invite you to log on to the Davis Vanguard at davisvanguard.org daily for news and commentary in Davis and the Sacramento region.